Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. Um, I am your host, Greg Dietz, uh, also known on Twitter as Chub Rock Geek, with my co-host here, Josh Fisher, also known on Twitter as Insobiner76. How you guys doing? Uh, you can see our Twitter accounts above our heads. Um, if you're new to the show, what this show is about is it is an internet streaming platform review and discussion show. Basically, Josh and I watch an entire series from front to back, uh, two series specifically, and then we just talk talk about it and review it. Um, uh, we want to thank you guys for your continued support. We've been doing this for a few months now, and the reception that we've gotten is fantastic. We're extremely excited to expand this podcast as much as we can, improve its quality, and, and see where it can go from there. As a matter of fact, to kind of get into that, we have some news for everybody. Uh, Josh here has been working tirelessly... <laughs> on making sure that we have a broader audience for this podcast. You're like a nap. Uh, <laughs> tirelessly, Josh. Tirelessly. Oh. Um, yeah, I didn't sleep for weeks. <laughs> uh, so we have an email for you to contact us. If you want um, to be a guest on the show, have questions that you want to address to us, or if you want to suggest a show for us to watch, that, e- that email is podcast at gmail.com. Um... We also have a bunch of new places in which you can find us, aside from our Twitter. Our Twitter, by the way, is at Queued Up Podcast. But if you want to go to our Facebook page, it's it, just search for All Queued Up Podcast. We have a WordPress site, which is All Queued Up Podcast at WordPress.com. And if you search for our podcast, All Queued Up, you can find us on SoundCloud, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Basically you'll find us wherever you want to find your podcast at or wherever you listen to your podcast. However that's worded, I will refine it as we continue this podcast. <laughs> uh, briefly, um, this show, we, we do watch a lot of adult shows on Netflix. Um, and sometimes those shows have dark themes, have dark messages that maybe you aren't privy to listen to. So, um, word to the wise... Both episodes of the show that we talk about tonight do have things in it that maybe children shouldn't listen to. Maybe it's something that you're not interested in. Do feel free to skip forward. Um, but that being said, we also talk about spoilers. As I said in the beginning of the show, we watch we watch these seasons from front to back. So spoilers, ahoy! Um, yeah, we this week, we discuss it all pretty heavily. Uh huh. We leave nothing out. Uh, this week we are discussing. Uh, two shows, Dark and Wormwood. Um, we are going to start with Wormwood. Um, I almost did it backwards, Josh, even though we discussed it before recording. <laughs> um, so I'm going to hit the timer for Wormwood. We're not going to have a ton to say about it. It's six episodes long, um, but as soon as I hit the timer, we will begin our discussion. So Wormwood is a is half documentary, actually probably... I'd say sixty percent to fifty or to seventy percent documentary, and the rest is biopic. Yeah, I believe um, they classify it as a docudrama series in order to be eligible for um, awards uh, for Academy Awards uh, is the reason why they did it that way. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, the the gist the gist of the show is back in 1953 mm, 52 yes, 53 53 uh, there was a a death in which caused a lot of controversy um, it forced a a family to kind of do stuff outside of what they were normally doing in regards to uh, looking up stuff about the CIA, basically, to try to sum it up, in 1953, a man jumped out of a window at a hotel, or at least it seemed that way. Um, it turns out that this had connections to the CIA doing experiments with LSD. In 1975, it got even worse, and this is around the time that Nixon, uh, I think it was after Nixon had already resigned because of Watergate, People had a strong distrust with the government in the first place, and upon discovering and hearing that the CIA might have had secret 
experiments with LSD, and it caused the death of a man in 1953. This was even worse for society. But for one person, Eric um, Olson, almost forgot the family's last name, um, his entire life was based around solving the death of his father. Because at the time, all the report said was jumped or fell out of a window. But this didn't make any sense to him. And uh, upon further investigation on his part and other people around him, um, it turned out that this seemed more like a murder. So the whole show kind of runs through that. It runs the whole gamut of everything that might have happened, did happen, uh, all the way up until today, which still has no definitive answer, um, or at least not one that's public. Um, for me, the show is very interesting in the way that it's shot because the documentary part is very documentary. <laughs> it's a lot of interviews and stock footage and, and uh, stuff in that regard. But the stuff involving the the act, like the 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 recreation, the um, the the biopic or drama part holy crap if you were to just take that and compile it into one movie god that thing would be beautifully beautiful to watch uh josh what are your thoughts on it really really enjoyed the documentary part i felt that having and like you said the scenes that they do from episode to episode could have been a movie on its own and I actually kind of prefer I think I would prefer it had it been a movie and a documentary to accompany accompany wholeheartedly together while I enjoyed they had stellar actors for the reenactments Peter Peter Skarsgård is is, I mean he is amazing Uh, you know her in Deadwood you know she she was also excellent at Tim Blake Nelson. Great yeah. people, but it's also a reenactment. It's all, it all feels like it's undershadowed. It felt like some people doing this and just have scenes intercut in with this fascinating documentary. As a standalone movie, I think it would have been incredible. Yeah. If, if they had, t- yeah. Just, I was captivated, but I sadly as beautifully shot as this was and as much as I liked some of these actors that were in it I found myself every time wanting to get back to the documentary part and wanting to skip through the reality even though they are great it just for the first for the first three episodes it felt like the episodes were just going to end like the last 10 to 15 minutes were going to be the acted bits mm-hmm. and the first part was going to be documentary. But by the time you get to episode four or five and six, it's all intertwined and it yeah. starts to kind of, and, and I, I felt like this was a, this was a um, artistic choice to kind of make you as the viewer feel just as confused and anxiety as everyone else in the story was. I have um, to agree you, with that. Um, but, but in that regard, I felt like the story would have, been a bit more um hold on <coughs> i felt like the story would have been a bit more uh, uh coherent had it been like 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 you and i both agree movie followed by a five-part documentary um i just felt like that would have been a, a lot cooler uh it, it, i don't know that i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed what i watched but yeah i definitely felt like that artistic choice didn't fall in line with what I would have made, in a sense. I mean, I respect the hell out of the artistic choice. Yeah, I really do. Because, like, like you and I both said, like stellar acting, stellar, you know, like stellar, like there are shots that are so beautiful and well uh, choreographed that if you were to just watch those parts by themselves without any context. It just looks kind of, not like an art house film, but damn close. 
Um, like, spoiler alert again, there's a whole scene where the man who was with um, Olsen, what the hell was his first name? Uh, Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his hotel room. Uh, Robert. Oh. oh, what the hell was his last name? Uh, God. Robert Lashbrook. Lashbrook, thank you. He was Robert a chemist. Lashbrook. Yes, it's CIA, CIA chemist. Um, but Robert Lashbrook is in the is in the bathroom. This is like episode five. This is before the big reveal in the last episode, and yada yada yada. Um, but he's sitting in the, he's sitting in the bathroom by himself. He knows what's about to happen, and the, the camera is just very very subtly slowly zooming in on Lashbrook sitting on the toilet, not doing anything, just sitting there with a cigarette. And all of a sudden, the door starts to shake. And you hear, Bob, Bob, you know, let me in, Bob. And he's just sitting there staring at the door. You don't see the door, you just hear it. It's just him stoically sitting on the toilet. And you hear nothing. Then you hear glass break. And then you hear a knock on the door. And then he gets up. There's a shot across the room where you see the window with the curtain in the background waving. He gets up, he goes over to the phone, the camera's static, picks it up, says, it's done, and then hangs up the phone. That entire sequence is gorgeous, in my opinion. Um, That kind of stuff just tickles my fancy. But those shots feel so undercut when all of a sudden it just cuts to... to, um, people being interviewed again <laughs> yeah yeah i think it, that it really and vice versa hurts. really vice versa yeah i think it really hurt itself by doing that is like you said we respect the hell out of making that decision but i think if you would re- and i see what they're going for you know they wanted to be able to be eligible for uh which is part of the influence of the but at the same time, it's like, you know, you've got a fascinating documentary here that you could do in several parts on its own, and you've got a fascinating movie that you craft. Put them out as companion pieces to each other in stuff like this, and I think it would perform better, at least for me personally. But yeah, some of those shots were amazing. Uh, that is a shot, you know, the uh, shots where uh, from LSD and he's tripping his nads off um, you know there's multiple sequences where it shows that and how he's just freaking out those are very interestingly uh, shot in the way that you know all the sounds are distorted and coming off from a distance and echoing in his vision and he's just starting to see things and some things are blurred and some things are just in your face sharp and yeah that aren't there those things are great uh and you know they really captured the whole look and feel of things in the 50s um very well absolutely absolutely and kind of diffused it uh a little bit to give it that feel um and that was very well done it's just like you said it just it takes the moment when you're readjusting from okay now I'm out of the reenactment now I'm back into the interviews and you get hit with a new piece of information and then you get okay now back to the reenactment showing what they theorize and all the reenactment none of this can be you know 95% of it is what they can piece together from the information that was made available to them the only thing going to be concrete absolute is pretty much he's leaving his family there for the last time you know just that one little snippet everything else is like well we think this is what's happened based on these reports so yeah it's just it's just fascinating to me that the whole thing the whole thing is really good it just feels like the two parts that are really good are oil and water you know I love oil, and I love water, 
But man, they don't mix. They just don't. And I felt like that through the entire thing. I was just like, uh, every time, every time they would cut between the two things, that was the other problem that I had. I, I don't know if you had this too, and not with like the stock footage, but like the quality of the interview to the quality of the filmmaking was different. To the extent that when like they would come out of one or the other, it was a little jarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I think that thing, like, uh, when it transitioned, it was just like pulling me out for a second. Exactly. That was yeah, hundred percent. Um, I uh, as for the like the whole story, the story that was being told, um, I was incredibly, I was more fascinated by Eric's story, by Eric's experience through life with this having happened to him than I was about the CIA's deceitfulness. Then I was about how the CIA handled things in the past and, and to the present where to the extent where the American populace cannot trust the CIA should not trust the CIA. Um, that stuff was, was almost less, that was way less interesting to me than just Eric's journey through this terrible, terrible thing that happened to him. His entire life was ruined by the death of his father. And um, and when I say ruined, I mean like from the, from the age of 10 to now. And he was 10 in 1953, so he's 63 now? No, 73. 73. 75. He's at 60. 74, 75 years old at this point, depending on his birth yeah. year. They said, they said it in the movie, but I don't remember exactly. But his, his almost his entire adult life has been spent dealing with trying to figure out what happened to his dad. Not being able to let go. They interview a couple uh, psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. And they do, this, they do this thing with him called the um, collage method. Yeah, he was able- actually... In that, in that uh, or studying that for a thesis for his master's or something like that, and yeah. had apparently was really big in the field and had some groundbreaking uh, and a promising career in that because of his obsession wanting to find out what happened. Exactly, and that's to me that was the most fascinating part because it's so. It's both so sad and so eye-opening in how a simple event can transpire someone's life to the extent that it did to Eric's. Um, I felt for Eric deeply. I, oh. I still do. Like, um, But I was also just in completely infatuated by how he dealt with the information that he was given. How he dealt with, to an extent, combating the CIA and... I mean, I'd love to know more. That about one is going to win. <laughs> no, no, not. Eric. It, the sad part, the sad realization at the end of the movie, or sorry, at the end of the series, Eric will take this to his grave. He will. He will have left this earth before finding out the absolute truth. And that, to me, is the biggest evil of the CIA. And the thing uh, is that one uh, journal. Yeah, Seymour, Seymour, um, shit, his name escapes me, and I don't have it <laughs> up in front of me because I'm not seeing it because it's showing a cast, but not the actual people. <laughs> oh, Hirsch. Seymour Hirsch. Hirsch. Yeah, Seymour Hirsch. And Seymour apparently Hirsch has done a Hirsch, lot of true crime stories, too. Apparently, Hirsch has all of the information and knows yep. exactly what happened, but because of his source is and the ram it would have on his source um, he cannot make that information known because it would be so damaging to others and of course Eric's like I don't care I need to know but here's the thing if this is where an obsession to me becomes a problem yes you want to know the truth but at the same time if you're causing harm to others you need to realize man it's time to let it go how far have you been down this rabbit hole now? And now you're at the point where it sounds like, based on the way Hirsch was talking, this could get somebody in some amount of 
trouble, as in not just prison time. You know, he said basically create another Snowden, but yeah. this is the yeah. CIA. They have manuals for assassination, as you see in the documentary. This could probably get somebody killed. That's what it feels like, yeah, for absolutely. Um, and it, it also, like, Hirsch is not wrong. Um, uh, he, you know, he says very succinctly, Eric's never going to be able to just let this go. Mm-hmm. He can't. Even though that's what he should do, he can't. And he can't because it's become an obsession. It's become such an if, like an, in, an integral part to his existence that to let this go would be like chopping off his right arm. So, um, to 15 minutes is up, so we're going to give our recommendations. Um, I'm going to go first, uh, so that way you can give yours on Dark. Um, I recommend this show, but... Definitely go into it knowing that you are getting two individual things. You're getting a documentary plus a biopic or a biodrama, whatever, however you want to put that. Um, and both are excellent in their own right, but again, oil and water. So go into it knowing that, expecting that, and you'll have a good time watching it. And when I say good time, I mean, like, you'll enjoy it. Um, but again... Uh, um, I do, I do recommend it. I recommend it for two reasons. Uh, first reason is that it is a little eye-opening. There was some stuff that I learned about the CIA that I didn't know. Uh, and the second reason is you'll actually get a different story, a different kind of outlook on this whole story if you already know it. You know, my father knew about the story. He had heard about it his entire life because he was born in 1954. So, you know, all, everything involving this story has been in his existence. And, uh, it's like, he was a hippie in the 70s, so of course he knows about this story. Um, so because of that, um, dad, my dad didn't know Eric's story, exactly. So hearing Eric's story from Eric's mouth is incredibly fascinating and will teach you a little bit more about this whole story that, that you may not have known. So I give it a good, I give it a good, oh my gosh, suddenly all, everything that I ate earlier decided to have a big <laughs> over. Um, I give it a strong recommendation, but not too strong. Like, we got to figure out a better recommendation file here. I don't know. Like I said, I recommend it. That's, I, I guess that's far as I'll go. Josh, go ahead and give your recommendation. Uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a soft recommend, very soft. Um, the only reason I would recommend it for somebody to watch it beginning to end, if they were a really big fan of documentaries, um, because I don't think, because given the style that it is shot in, how it is interconnected with the. Uh, biodrama weaved into the documentary going from one to another is really jarring and takes you out of it and honestly several times even though as I said the reenactment scenes are beautifully shot and beautifully crafted I found myself especially in episodes 5 and 6 growing so tired of them I wanted to fast forward through them I didn't I watched them all and I feel that the exact same story would have been told in just a documentary and that that would have served better. So it's a, it's a recommend because the story is good, but it's a very soft recommend. It was very close to being a not recommend, but it's, <laughs> it's done well enough to where it needs... It's, it's, I, I appreciate the efforts, but... It's, Question, would you, would you have preferred if they... And, and we've already agreed that you would prefer documentary follow... Like, uh, with a um, with a movie, would you prefer the movie than the documentary, or the documentary than the movie? I think I would have preferred documentary than the movie. Okay. Um, because having that context um, would be... I agree with that. I agree with that. Because there context, are some films you... everything, yeah. Yeah. Some films are great uh, not knowing anything about them, enjoying them, going in blind. But when it's something that has, you know, has historical precedent, um, stories that are known, 
I think documentary followed by the film would be best served to have. I wonder context. if it would have been. I wonder how fascinating it would have been if they could have done this instead, where it was four episodes documentary. The fifth episode is the story, is like the the biopic part, and then a conclusion. Inclusion documentary that would have been rad, man. <laughs> I, think that, I think that would have worked better, and I am totally fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would work. That would work for me. And, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, you know, I'm gonna. Yeah, I think I think just like because that's what I was trying to do is middle of the road recommendation. Like, you gave yeah, it a little bit less than I did, but like I wasn't trying to do strong for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a bit on the weak side, uh, but yeah. Let me, it's uh, also just, only six episodes. It's not very long. Yeah, it's only <laughs> going to take up, you know, uh, at most six hours of your time. Right. Uh, because they're under an hour each. Yeah. Okay, give All right. me just a moment here. Okay. All right, now, dark. Hey, guys, so you might notice something a little different here. Um, we're going to have to go audio for a while, and this isn't this isn't due to anybody's fault entirely. Um, I say entirely like it kind of is, but it's not. Um, neither Josh or I have the capability at the moment to do video podcasting, but we still have the capability of doing audio podcasting. So the first half of the show is going to sound weird because <laughs> we're just basically using the video footage that we recorded with and turning it into audio. Um, as for talking about dark this is actually our fourth time talking about Dark, because we couldn't figure out why the video was messing up so much. So Basically, my PC isn't powerful enough uh, to handle the video and recording process, but we can do the audio. So we decided, hey, we want to focus on bringing you good quality audio content, and that's where we're going to focus. And once we can deliver the video again, we will. Yes. Um, but guys, we also wanted to uh, briefly say something that we didn't say in the beginning of the show. Uh, we have a Discord. So if, if uh, all of these other options that we've given you to uh, communicate with us, talk to us, it, it doesn't quite work, come to our Discord. Um, let us know in the public chat there. Like it, It's just great for to hear from you guys. So without any further ado... Let's talk about Dark a fourth time, which should be an interesting conversation because we've talked about it enough already. <laughs> but it's not bad. <laughs> that, that's the positive thing. That's the positive takeaway. It's a good enough show where it's not a bother to really talk about it a fourth time. So Yeah, the um, only bother is the frustration of having to record for a fourth time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here are the perils of doing podcasting in general. So, um, Or just... Anything on the internet, really, that deserves production. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and hit the timer, and we will begin. I will go with my spiel I have normally about the playing games and whatnot, Josh, so here we go. <laughs> All right. Strap in, um, folks. <laughs> so when I started watching the show, um, I had the I had Dark on my laptop, and I was playing Destiny 2. And... Um, uh, I, I noticed that when I started glancing at the at the show, uh, <laughs> everyone's talking in English, but the mouths aren't syncing up. So I thought, oh no, like maybe my laptop messed up, maybe Netflix messed up. So I, I restarted the app, didn't work. I paused and you know played played and paused and did whatever I could, nothing worked. And it wasn't until that like I looked at their mouths and then saw like a newspaper or something, and I was like, oh. <laughs> The show is in German. <laughs> Got it. Um, uh, so my recommendation right off the bat before we even get into recommendations is don't watch this show dubbed. Uh, the second reason to not watch it dubbed is I don't feel the audio quality is up to snuff. Um, I'm staring at my camera like I'm talking to a camera. This is going to be rough to get used to. Um, the yeah, it, it wasn't that the audio quality was terrible. It just... When you dub and produce in a sound booth, you don't have that ambient sound uh, matching right. the backgrounds. Like if you have characters talking in a forest, 
you see them walking through a forest, but it sounds like they're just talking in like a telephone booth to each other. So, exactly. Like there's there's a scene where two of the characters are discussing something with one another, and uh, the girl sounds like she is way too clear and way too audible, even in that room, in the context of what they're doing, and he sounds like his audio is being recorded over a phone. So there's just there's there's moments like that that really take you out. Um, uh, like you know, this this dubbing works in anime because you you have a lot of people who are great anime or great voice actors. Oh, plus, absolutely. Plus the 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 editors can actually adjust and edit mouth movements nowadays. So that way, if they want something to be said a little bit differently that doesn't seem weird or bizarre, it's not like let's change how you're saying that just right so it matches the mouth movement perfectly, which is what this show tried to do. And so, I guess at best, to, stay, to say this at best, is it, 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 at moments, it can come across as, like, old-school bad anime dubbing. Yeah. Um, which has its charm, I guess, but, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it, is my point. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely watch it in its native German. You just, you have the weight of the emotion from the characters in their voice. Uh, the impact. It's just a better overall experience to read the English subtitles. Um, but this is uh, definitely a show that you can't play video games and casually watch. You've got to pay attention. Right, and, and on that note, we will get into why that is the case. Um, so the, the general gist of the show is that in 2019, a young boy by the name of Mikkel... Yes. Um... Mikkel or Mikkel? It's, Mitchell, it's, it's Mikkel Nielsen. Yeah, the, 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 the way the Germans pronounce it versus the English voice actors was different, so Josh and I have a hard time. Yeah, they, they stress it as Mikkel, um, but, you know, it's spelled M-I-K-K-E-L, Mikkel. Right, right. Um, he goes missing at the end of, like, I think the first episode. By the way, spoilers. Straight up. I forgot to mention this. We are getting heavy into spoilers on this show. So, honestly, if you have not watched it, come back to the podcast after you do. Um, that being said, Mikkel goes missing, and the town kind of goes into a frenzy trying to find him. Through he this, is he is uh, the second child to go missing in a two-week span. Right. So, um, in the process of, of this, of, like, the town going into a frenzy, because now, now they have two missing kids... Um, a time tunnel is discovered. This is not time travel, as we all know it. It's not uh, George Carlin showing up in a phone booth. This is not uh, David Tennant showing up in a police box. Or Doc Brown showing up in a DeLorean. This is... There are interconnected tunnels underneath the town that lead to 1986 and 1953. Now, what the reason that this is the case is because the show doesn't do the whole typical, like, like you know, Doctor Who will sit there and say, oh, it's a timey-wimey, wobbly, yada, 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 um, trying to emphasize that, like, <clears throat> time is not a straight line. Well, this show goes, yeah, time's not a straight line, but it's all connected. It's all happening at the same time, um, which causes for some very strong confusion throughout the series. Um, uh for me, that was something that I thought was very interesting. And the moment that, like, I understood that there was this interesting new form of time travel that I really hadn't seen in, in other media. But what was, what the mind-blowing moment for me was when um, uh, Johan, which is a friend of Mikkel's brother, Jonas. goes back, Jonas, sorry, Jonas, I thought it was Johan, sorry, Jonas, he goes to uh, 1986 trying to find Mikkel, and the second that he does find him, his what you find out later it's his, it's it's himself from the future. But a, a mysterious man that shows up constantly throughout the series shows up and is like, "You cannot take him back to 2019. If you do, you undo your existence because that's your father." That was the moment where I was just like, <laughs> like I couldn't think. Just because my brain just didn't want to handle that information. And it, and that's what I think is another brilliant thing about the show. Is it does a lot of stuff where you have to stop for a second. Yeah, um, it really does. Um, I binged this over the span of 
you know, two evenings, uh, well, Monday evening and Tuesday afternoon. Uh, and Misty, when she got off work that that night, I was like, you've got to start watching this because it is that damned good. And at the end of every episode, she was, you know how Netflix has the built-in next episode starts in five, four, three, two. She's like, wait, stop. I need a minute. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, is basically what she's asking at the end of every episode. Um, but it really is thought-provoking. Uh, it is very well presented. I love the whole aspect of, okay, these three time points are interconnected. You're dealing with this massive cast of ensemble characters. And mainly with four families that are intertwined over three generations spanning this 66-year time period. But the whole premise is, while, say, Jonas, for example, uh, he is pretty much one of the absolute main focal characters. While he is existing in 2019... Um, his future self is also there traveling back and forth from 2019 1986 but his future self knows and remembers everything that happened to his 2019 self and say 1986 um mickle uh Mikkel, his uh his future self existing in the same town in just a few houses apart as his younger counterpart before he goes missing in 2019 that's yeah. a mind trip it is crazy uh just fascinating what, what it, the way it's presented yeah you know, it's like what makes it so much more fa like like confusing and interesting and fascinating is is like we were talking about how um you you are given this information slowly throughout the whole 10 episodes um, nothing is exact, like just handed to you on a silver plate. You know, I said in, in previous recordings that this show starts off like Broadchurch and goes right into Lost. Um, and to me, I, I adore that. I absolutely adore that. I think that that's, that was such a, um, an interesting, uh, way to tell a story. Um, I mean, we, we, ha it's not that we haven't seen that before. It's not like we haven't seen a show do a murder, or not murder, but do a mystery sort of thing and slowly give us details. Um, I mean, for Christ's sake, the movie Clue did that back in, you know, the 80s or whatever, or 90s. When did that movie come out? Uh, 84, 85, somewhere in there, okay. I think. Not 100% sure. Jesus. Um, anyway, the point I'm getting at is that that movie does what this show does in terms of slowly giving you information, but the way that the show gives you information is uh, very, very meticulous and methodical. Um, it does not... It gives you what you need at the moment. We talked about this earlier, too, that, like, any questions that you have are answered in the next episode or the following episode after that. Um, you aren't left at the end of the season with a question that was presented in episode one or two that isn't a, like, if it's a small question. Like, uh, like one of my questions early on was like, okay, so we heard that, that there's the past, present, future that are interconnected. And we knew of 2000, well, first off, I didn't realize it was 2019, but we heard of 2019 and we heard of, of uh, 1984. Or, I'm sorry, 19, sorry, 1986. And I went, okay, so 1986 is the past, and 2019 is the present, so we're going to clearly go into the future. This is rad. And it totally took a left turn for me and went to 1953, um, which was a very pleasant surprise because I was not expecting it. Uh, but um, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, uh, my question was like, oh, are they going to the past or are they going to the present? And it was answered shortly after I asked it. Um, and there are plenty of questions that basically do that. Uh, yeah, when you see a new character pop up and you're wondering, who in the world is that? And then, you know, usually the next episode that is answered. But of course, who you who is presented as 
if there has to be a protagonist or an antagonist, he is initially uh, very mysterious, the character of Noah, and some characters allude to him as an antagonist, but he doesn't see himself as that way. We have no idea if he is an evil character or not at the end of the season. We don't know much about him, but, you know, uh, some, uh, he, he says something very interesting that I really loved, and it was in one of the final two episodes. I'm not sure if it was episode 9 or episode 10. But he is telling a young character uh, who, was friends, who was friends with Jonas Bartosz. He, he says, There are two factions that are fighting for the control of time travel. One is the side of light. One is the side of shadow. Your grandmother fights for the side of shadow. We fight for the side of the light. There are many things that we do that appear to be inhumane, but there are no pure humans. And the reason we're doing these things is so that everything unfolds exactly as it needs to in order to save basically all of existence is what he is alluding to. And you don't know if he is being truthful or not. And those are the kind of questions that it raises that are so fun. Another yeah, like, one. And, that, that, and that's one of those questions that I, I guess I'm more referring to that is... Um, um, Left open-ended, unanswered. Yeah, intentionally so. Um, mm-hmm. More so in... I'm, I'm trying to think of some questions that I asked that were... Uh, that were answered. That were answered very quickly. Because there's that's the thing. Like that's that's all I'm trying to get at with this show is that, um, the show doesn't try to be smarter than you, or at least it doesn't feel like it tries to be smarter than you. It feels like it's just trying to tell you a story in a very specific way. And any time that you feel like you figured something out, it goes, "You kind of got there, but here's what really is." And you're just like, "Oh God, that's cool. Okay, thank you." You never feel, at least for me, I never felt like it was trying, trying to be, to sp- be, be condescending or anything. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's that's the that's the feeling that I'm trying to get there, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I also love the philosophical aspect of this show. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. One of the main focal characters is Mikkel's dad, Ulrich. And just to bring this up, all just about every single character on this show is flawed as a human being. These are believable characters from a small community where everyone knows each other, and nobody is perfect, and everybody seems to have a little bit of things that they don't want other people knowing. They've got a little bit of a dark side to them, some of them. And Ulrich... He is just desperate to find his son. And he learns about these passages in time. And he actually is pursuing who he believes to be the kidnapper of his son and his younger brother, respectively. uh, Because 33 years prior, his younger brother went amiss. But what Ulrich does when he is following this person he ends up in 1953 instead of 86 and finds this individual as a young child, approximately eight years old. They didn't say how old he was. Um, I think it's right around eight because I think he was 74, so 66 years, you know, roughly in that ballpark. Yeah, that's, that's, presents... the thing the show does, that's the thing the show does that I think is really clever, is it give, it'll give you the age of one of them in a timeline. Yeah. So you basically have to do the math. Yeah, but it, it kind of, that old philosophical question that you always get in a philosophy class, what would happen if you traveled back in time and, say, killed Hitler? Would you prevent the Holocaust? Would you prevent World War II? This is done on a smaller scale. What would you do? If you could kill who you thought was responsible for terrible offenses later in their adult life, if you killed them as a child, would it change things? He believed that it would, 
but yet by attacking and he gets on top of this little boy and is bashing this kid's head in with a big freaking rock and permanently disfigures and scars the boy for life however it didn't kill him and it didn't change anything and it should have so now it presents the question is the question well did you create what you set out to destroy as a result of your actions and that's the part of this show that philosophical aspect that i love so much about this show yeah that's that is exactly like what i what i thoroughly enjoy is that that's that's a philosophical question the show never answers as it never should it should never ever answer that question because that's that's entirely up to you as the viewer exactly um it uh briefly uh because how much time do we have left i went away from the timer for like a second uh, we have roughly uh, seven about minutes. 20 minutes in so oh yeah yeah um uh, I have a timer set up, Josh. Thank you very much. Um, I'm joking. I'm just talking about you. Uh, <laughs> the um, the thing I want to talk about briefly is how the sound design and the uh, visual nature of this show are absolutely incredibly amazing. Uh, so we we briefly mentioned how like listening to this with the um, with the dubbed audio makes the uh, the 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 in show audio sound weird or it doesn't match up. That's because the way that the sound mixing happens in the show is so beautiful and so perfect that you always feel like everything that's happening has like what intensity level it needs. You um, like not every movie, not every show does this where they go. Well, we really want you to feel like things are in dire straits right now. So the music changes to feel that way. Or there's stress amongst characters. Um, a lot of shows do do this, and that is that is fine. Um, but, you know, like, the way that this show does it is really, really good. Uh, that's all I'm trying to get at. I'm stuttering over here because I'm like, how do, I, how do I say this in the way that I want to? Uh, that also being said... The visual nature of this show is so beautifully shot. I, I said numerous times, like, it, it brought up memories of, like, watching Hitchcock movies or watching, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kubrick. Like, the way the cinematography is in this show. There's a moment we talked about earlier of the dad of Mickle bashing the little boy's head in, in 1953. There's this beautiful shot. It's going to sound a little weird that I'm saying beautiful, but there's a beautiful shot where the boy is in the cellar or in the... Um, the bunker. The bunker, whatever, yeah, whatever it happens to be. Uh, and he closes the door to it, and he sits there and stares at it because he wants to make sure the kid is dead. And he's sitting there distraught, hopeful that he's changed the future, but knowing what he did is terrible, while his hands are bloodied, and there's just like this really melancholy type of score while it slow zooms on his face oh it's just perfect it's just absolutely perfect yeah it is emotionally powerful the score of this series i mean i can't the and the sound design is just with those visuals it is one of the best things i've seen in a while it's that well done yeah, I yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the other shots, it was like early on, I want to say first or second episode, maybe even third, but whenever somebody, there's there's a cave that, that exists in all three timelines where uh, um, it, it's, it's basically the cave where you, you go to to find the tunnels that lead to the different timelines, but when people stare at the outside of the cave, they, the, the, the character themselves get an, gets an ominous feeling, so the music gets ominous, and then they do this, they do this cool camera trick that, I, that like, Hitchcock did. Um, I think you can see it in uh, North by Northwest primarily, but it's, um, it's pulling back on a camera while you're zooming in. So the, oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, while focusing on a face or, or a, a major thing... The camera is zooming in on that 
but because it's being pulled back, like there's this really neat effect on the sides of the the, the picture that just give it a creepy feeling. Like and the they trees do... growing smaller in the background, but yet the face you're zooming in on it as you're pulling back. Yeah, the show does that with this cave, like at least twice. And I, the second I noticed that, I was just like, yeah, ah, so good. <laughs> I was so happy to see it. Um, but even even on that note, like, uh, uh, th- every type of camera trick that needed to happen was a camera trick. There's, like, maybe two moments in the show where they have to use CGI. But, like, it's, like, CGI is not prominent in the show. Everything is practical, including the camera effects, the the costumes. Like, one of the cool things about the show, because it takes place in Germany, is seeing the police officers' outfits in 1953. Mm-hmm. Less than a decade after, after, after Germany lost World War II. Like... It's so rad to see that stuff, and they and I and as far as I know, as far as I've read, they've kept that shit authentic. So, yeah, yeah, yeah they, like uh, there's just there's just so much to adore and love about this show. There truly, truly is. Absolutely, I'm really um, excited about season two. Yeah, same here. Uh, you know, like the end of the show. If you made it this far into the podcast, then you probably made it this far into the show. Uh, the end of the show has uh, Jonas, Jonas um, yes. traveling through another time tunnel, essentially, and coming into God, the future, essentially. Uh, we future assume, of- based on the time, the way the travel works, is thirty-three years. We're going to assume that it's thirty-three years from twenty nineteen, which would make it twenty fifty-two. We don't know that. But that makes the most logical sense. I'm pretty like yeah, yeah. I doubt it's any other time than 1952, unless it's 66 years in the future. Yeah, that's a possibility be, as well. Because then they they have more room to play with stuff. Uh, but that's a question that we don't have an answer to because that's led to you know you being excited for season two. Um, you know we don't have answers about about uh, uh, Noah. We don't have answers about what was the old lady's name? Claudia. Claudia, we don't have answers about her. There there was like a number rhythm thing that happened in the show that characters talked about that we still don't have answers to. So there's stuff that needs to be answered or needs to be addressed, and I am we're delighted here at All Queued Up to know they're making a season two. Yeah. If you can't tell, we highly recommend this show. <laughs> I was just about to say, our timer is up, so Josh, go ahead and give your recommendation. Absolutely wonderfully done. Wonderfully uh, visualized, wonderfully conceptualized, wonderfully scored, masterfully told. It is a brilliant show. Uh, I highly recommend it if you are a fan of uh, mysteries, suspense, thrillers, time travel, those types of devices. Uh, also, if you like flawed characters, uh, it is just really, really well done. I can't recommend it enough. I would rate it on a number scale. I would give it a 9.5 out of 10. Hot damn. Um, I think I, I think I mirror everything that Josh said. Um, it, uh, it's easily one of the best shows I've seen on Netflix. Um, it, uh, between the score, the, the cinematography, the acting, the story that's being told, the way that it's told, um, it's just it's just a gorgeous show around, around like full circle, and I I cannot recommend it enough. Um, I do I do heed you know warning like my laptop automatically did dubbing, um, so beware of that and try to change it to the German with subtitles. Don't do other things while watching it. Pay as close attention as you can because you'll get even further confused. Um, that being said, uh, watch it. Absolutely, go to you. Go go to Netflix. Watch it. It's it's only ten episodes, and it's worth every minute. Um, but uh, guys, that's gonna be it for the show. Uh, this has been a stressful week for both Josh and I. Uh, just, I mean, more so Josh than me because he he has all the tech on his end. Um, but we are we we want to make this show as entertaining as possible and not half acid. 
So, um, as of right now, we are unable to do video. Um, uh, we're gonna if if you're coming from YouTube and you've seen the short video that we are going to record to let people know what's going on, thank you for being here. Um, that means you found us on our Facebook page, our Twitter account, um, Twitter being uh, Queued Up Podcast. Uh, you've gone to our WordPress site, allcueduppodcast.wordpress.com. You found us on SoundCloud, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, or iTunes. Again, like I said at the top of the show, guys, we are on numerous platforms now. Um, so please give us a rating while you're there. Let us know what you think. Um, if you want to send us a private message via Twitter, Facebook, or email. Or Discord. Um, or just, yeah, thank you. Jeez, I forgot about Discord. Well, we'll put a link in Discord in, in somewhere. I, maybe on our Twitter. I don't know. Maybe on our Facebook as well. Yeah. The point is, is there's, a, there's a lot of places to reach us. And what we want you guys to do is, is give us feedback. Let us know what we can do differently. Um, you know, this is, a, this is a passion project for Josh and I. Uh, we both love watching Netflix. And with stuff going on in our lives, there was just not a lot of opportunity to watch certain shows. Or uh, one of the one of the big reasons that we wanted to start the show was because there are there are shows that we just want to watch, um, and maybe we just you know had needed the motivation to do it. Like Dark, we would have never found Dark. I would have never watched Dark outside of doing this podcast. I can't I can honestly say if I would have or not, but you know, I'm glad that it has come around. Because yeah. it is absolutely one of the best things I've watched in a while. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it's it's fucking fantastic. Um, but yeah, this is also guys. You can also suggest shows to watch. You can um, add, you know, like if you want to be a guest on the show, let us know, and we can uh, we can accommodate that. Yeah, we're um, doing everything that we can to improve and deliver better content to you. So we're focusing on getting that audio uh, done well. And once we're able to do the video again, we'll do that as well. But please, interact with us. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. Give us those suggestions. Yeah. 100%. Um, guys, next episode, we are going to be doing uh, Into the Fucking World, uh, which is a like dark comedy of sorts. Um it's very short. It's like, I think, 10 episodes, and each episode is like 20 minutes long, so that's a very yeah. quick watch. Yeah, eight episodes, um, maybe, even. I'm not sure. But yeah, I know it's, it's, it's under a half an hour for each one, so. Yeah, yeah. They they basically built the show around having, like, commercial breaks, if it was ever on TV. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, the other show we're going to watch, which is a bigger <laughs> undertaking, is uh, Black Mirror Season 4. Um... Now, because Black Mirror is an anthology series, it's six episodes, but each episode is its own story, um, we are going to give each episode ten minutes, um, which means it'll be like, the episode will be over an hour, essentially. We're going to give ten minutes to Into the Fucking World, and then ten minutes to each episode of, of uh, Black Mirror. So, strap in for that one, folks. That one's going to be a little bit longer, but it'll be worth it, because... It'll be fun to kind of get through that and talk about each thing. Uh, but that being said, guys, go watch those shows so you can keep up with us. Uh, Josh, real real quickly, how, where can they find you online? Uh, well, they can locate me on the Twitter at nsabanur1976 and also at uh, twitch.tv slash nsabanur76 and they can come in and hang out. Uh, as I stream some miniature painting or model building or some gaming. Okay, and um, you can find me at ChubRuckEek on Twitter. That's where I post primarily. Um, every Sunday, I do a video game podcast with Anthony where we just discuss video game news throughout the week. Uh, we do a pre and post show, so definitely come for the recording of that, which is at twitch.tv slash missionstartp. Um, but also on, on twitch.tv slash missionstartp, you can also find Anthony and I's new show called um, What's on Tap, where Anthony basically goes through his entire Steam library of games he has not yet played while I sit there and crack jokes and uh, talk to the chat. We just did an episode t Thursday, uh, which was on um, 
oh, what's the name of that game? Dead Cells, which is it actually hasn't released yet. He got an early access copy, so that was that was rad. But that game was awesome. It looked fun. Uh, it looked like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, but if that's if that's your cup of tea, if video games are your thing, come check out Mission Start. Uh, let's twitch.tv slash Mission Start P. Um, uh, again, guys, I've I I. We are making this show as best we can, and we appreciate you for your continued support, especially at these times right now, where this podcast is not going to have a video version. It's just not. Um, so, uh, and and it, it, we won't have video for a while, I think. Um, no, I don't know how long. We'll see how long it goes, but for a hot minute, like, we won't have video. Um, so, again... Thank you for your support, guys. And we will see you next time with Black Mirror Season 4 and End of the Fucking World. Take care, everybody.